Merry Christmas from Hamilton Hills and our staff. I love the Christmas season. And uh, by the way, I just want to let you know that we have a bunch of kids in here. And if they start to, you know, talk a little bit, that's what kids do. It's all right. It's all good. It's Christmas. Um, How many of you have a Christmas tradition? Uh, with your family. You got a Christmas tradition that you like to do? Yeah, we have Christmas traditions. I love Christmas traditions. I love everything about the Christmas season. I love Christmas Eve. I love all the anticipation uh, before you open your presents and before... How many of you, you open your your Christmas presents on Christmas Eve? Oh, a couple of you. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, We open our our presents right on Christmas morning. Love all about it. I love the Christmas story, especially Jesus coming uh, 2,000 years ago in a manger. Uh, He was born into poverty. He was born during a time of political unrest, but he was coming to bring peace and hope to the entire world. And one thing I love about God One thing I love about God and how he sent Jesus is, and he usually does things this way, is he does it unexpectedly and in a way that you would never, ever guess. The story we're going to look at tonight is uh, sometimes uh, not necessarily wrongfully put with the Christmas story, but isn't really actually a part of the manger scene. It's just the very next scene after Jesus was born. And how many have ever heard of the Bethlehem star or the Magi, or maybe uh, as you put it, the wise men? You ever heard of the wise men before and the star? Uh, uh, Pastor Randall talked about the morning star and that there was going to be a star that was going to come out of Judah. And today I want to talk to us about the star of Bethlehem. Uh, how many of you remember the very first time that you saw the stars, right? And I don't mean just like the stars. I mean like the very first time that you saw the stars, like bright out in the open. Maybe you were in the country or maybe you're out in the desert and it was a non-humid night. And uh, the first time that I saw the stars, I wish I could tell you it was like a Christmas story and that, you know, I thought maybe Santa was on the roof and I looked out and, you know, and there was a twinkling of the star. No, mine is a little bit more of a rebellion story when I was 15 years old. And uh, we were in, uh, I was at my best friend's house. His name was John and he was 15. I was 15. He was 17. And we decided to take his parents' four-cylinder Cutlass Supreme out in the middle of the night for a joyride. So all the kids, close your ears. This is the Christmas story. (laughs) We snuck out in the middle of the night. And I think maybe just by a little bit of uh, reaction, I was wondering if anybody was seeing us because we had to push the car about 15, uh, I don't know, yards or so down this gravel driveway uh, so that when we started the car, mom and dad wouldn't hear us start it. And uh, I was looking around, it's about two or three in the morning, and we're kind of like giggling to ourselves, and we're pushing this car in neutral. And then instinctively, not only did I look around to see if anybody could see, but I also looked up to see if God could see. And uh, I knew better. I knew that God could see what we were doing. But as I looked up into the sky, we were in East Parsons Field, Maine. And if you're wondering what East Parsons Field, Maine looks like, you probably just imagined it. There's not any city. There's no industry. It was a clear November night. And I remember that it was November because we may or may not have accidentally run over a couple of election signs. 
And I was 15 and it's all covered by Jesus. He came to save me from my sin and it's, it's all covered under the blood now. But as we went on this joy ride, I remember looking up into the sky and seeing the brightness of what seemed like millions and millions of stars. And I wanna share with you from Matthew's account of the good news of Jesus and the account of Jesus's life. It says in Matthew chapter two, verse one, that after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, magi or wise men uh, from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews. We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now there's a whole lot in this little passage that we don't even have time to unpack. But what is cool about this is that the magi or the wise men were these people. They were, they were people that were trained to look at the stars and look at the way that they were aligned, try to study them and see what kind of happenings might happen. Uh, in fact, they kind of worshiped the stars. And these were men that were not from Jerusalem. They weren't from Israel. In fact, they didn't know anything about Jesus and they didn't know anything about the God. God that it was uh, uh, Jesus' dad. They didn't know anything about him. So this was very strange that men would be coming all the way from the Middle East just because of a star. Then they meet the king of the Jews or the king of Israel. His name was Herod and he's a bad guy. Everyone say boo. You don't have to really do that. They meet Herod and Herod is intimidated. In fact, Herod is kind of intimidated because he's kind of like an imposter king. He's not like a real king. He was the king of the Jews, but he was put there by the Roman government at the time because they had taken over and they knew that Israel wouldn't follow, any, follow anyone but a Jew. And so they said, we're going to make this king, person a king, prop him up and just make him do whatever we say for him to do and he'll be the king of the Jews. So Herod gets a little bit jealous when the wise men come to Jerusalem. They say, where's this king of the Jews? Where is he at? In Matthew chapter one, verse nine, it says, after they heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And here's why they were overjoyed. They were overjoyed because they had just traveled three to four months in search of this star. Now, I don't know about you, but I, as a kid, always wondered what on earth could this star have been? How big was this star? Why would just, I thought at the time it was three. The Bible doesn't say how many there were, but I thought there was three wise men because there was three gifts and they just saw a star in the sky. And so let's just go follow the star. And I always wondered how on earth would they come from hundreds and hundreds of miles away and just decide, let's follow the star. And so a lot of theologians and historians have done a lot of history and research on what this star could have been. Some think that it could have been a supernova. And a supernova, you see the picture up there? That's an incredible picture, isn't it? Yeah, that's a dying star. So it's a star that explodes and then for about two to three weeks, sometimes even months, will be this bright thing in the sky. The problem is, is that you can only usually see a supernova with a telescope. And there was no telescope back then. Galileo hadn't made anything. He wasn't even born. And so it probably wasn't a supernova. And some people thought it might be Halley's Comet. 
Uh, Halley's Comet comes around about every other 70 years and about 10 or 11 BC, Halley's Comet did come around, but this would probably be too, a little bit too early for this to be the star of Bethlehem. There's some more research that was done and right around the time of Jesus's birth, it looks like that the, uh, the planet Jupiter and the star Regulus would have come together for, uh, to make a conjunction. Anyone ever heard of a conjunction of stars? So this would be a planet and a star that would have come together. And when they meet, they become a bigger star that shines a whole lot brighter. Here's what's kind of cool about this theory. And it seems to be the most scientific thing that may have happened is that Regulus is in a constellation called Leo. And Leo oftentimes is referred to as the Jewish constellation because it represents the 12 tribes of Judah and the lion. And then this star Regulus is called the king star. And then Jupiter is considered the planet of royalty. So this was royalty and kingship all coming together all at once. They even think uh, Saturn may have been involved and Saturn sometimes can represent the Jews. So the Jews and royalty and kingship and all this seemed to come together right at this time as Jesus was born. Then the wise men in verse 11 says, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary. And what did they do? They bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Here is what seemingly was the stars aligning, a planet aligning, and then causing men that didn't even know who God was didn't know who the Messiah was, to see something in the sky that drew them to Jesus. Jesus was worshipped that night by men that had traveled hundreds and hundreds of miles, all from some planets and stars aligning. You say, man, that's kind of strange. Well, can I show you that in the middle of the Bible, uh, the psalmist wrote this. In Psalm 19, he said, the heavens declare the glory of God. That night when I looked up into the sky as a 15-year-old boy scared that I was going to get caught. By the way, we did end up getting caught. And I looked up into the sky and was filled with wonder and awe. And I knew right then that there was a creator I knew that there was no way that this just happened. I knew that as I looked up into the stars that there was a supreme being that had created everything. And I don't know what your faith looks like. Maybe today you uh, came here uh, th this evening and someone dragged you with them. Maybe a neighbor invited you. Maybe your parents said, hey, we're going to the Christmas Eve service. And you're like, okay, I got to go because it's tradition. It might be a coworker brought you. You may have driven by our sign and saw, oh, look, Christmas Eve services. I'm going to check it out. I don't know what brought you here this evening. 
I don't know what brought you here this Christmas Eve, but can I tell you that no matter what or how the stars align for you to be here in this room tonight to hear this message, can I tell you the greatest news that's ever been told to anyone? Jesus came 2,000 years ago, and no matter how messy your life is, no matter how sinful you've been or how much you've missed the mark of being a, a, a Christian or, or, or coming to church and you think, oh my gosh, my life is just a mess. Can I tell you the greatest news ever told to man? 2,000 years ago, Jesus came and the stars aligned and the planets aligned and it's been speaking this all over the entire world for all of history that Jesus loves you. It says that day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech, they use no words. No sound is heard from them speaking of the stars. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. And then can I show you something that is so cool and so interesting we looked at the kind of the end of the Bible and then the middle of the Bible. Now let's look at the very beginning of the Bible all the way in Genesis chapter one. And you may have heard this verse before. You ever saw someone walk in and flip on a light and go, let there be light, right? And they're kind of quoting Genesis chapter one. Genesis chapter one and verse 14 says, and God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky. And then he gives the reason why. I love this. Would you look at it with me? Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. Here is the thought tonight. Before you were born, before the very first man and woman were ever created, before Eve ever took a bite of that fruit in the Garden of Eden and sin came into the world, before you were even a thought, God created all of the stars and the planets and the lights, set them in motion, and then knew that thousands of years later they were going to align just perfectly to draw men from hundreds of miles of away to see the Messiah and worship a king they had never met or ever heard about. Our God is so big and so powerful and so intricate in his creation that even though you may think that you're insignificant, you were born on purpose for a purpose and you are a thought in his mind before even the fall of man. In other words, this, before you were in need of redemption, before you were in need of someone to coming to save you from the mess in your life, he had already created a, pla a plan and a way for you to be redeemed. And even if you've never heard those words before, we can look into the sky and look at his creation and see that even the stars and the heavens declare the glory of God. He loves you that much. Would you do this with me? Would you bow your head and close your eyes? I'm gonna ask Kristen to come out and play on the keys. And with nobody looking around, I always, this time of year, want to make 
this statement. That God loves you. Every single one of our services, but especially on a Christmas Eve, Christmas for a lot of people is not a fun time of year. It brings pain, brings memories. It's a time of year that as they see other people celebrate, they wonder what might have been or what could have been. It could be from mistakes they've made or mistakes that other people have done to them. It could be someone hurt you. be someone in here tonight that is thinking there's no way that God loves me I'm sure he loves other people and I know he came to die for other people but I don't even know if I believe the story and even if I could believe the story there's no way he could love me that much for you just for one moment wipe away all of the what ifs or could be's or skepticism that may be in your heart right now and focus in on this that God who is the God of light set light in motion to draw you here tonight no matter how you got here no matter what state of your faith you are in God loves you with heads bowed and eyes closed is there anyone in here that would say Matt, uh, I don't have a relationship with God, but I'd like one. I promise you I won't, won't call you out. I won't even point you out. All I'd like to do is pray for you. He said, Pastor Matt, I, that's me. I, I don't have a relationship with God, but I'd love one. Would you, would you pray for me? won't embarrass you. Would you just slip up your hand just, just high enough for me to be able to see? Is there anybody in here like that? at all I don't see any hands maybe this is a season for you that although it's supposed to bring joy you're just having a hard time seeing God in all of the busyness and God in all of the commercialism and God in the the dinner you're supposed to have on Christmas that you know there's going to be a family fight, you can just already feel it and sense it coming. And you're tired. And you're filled with anxiety, maybe even depression. You say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Is there anyone in here like that tonight? Yeah, see those hands? Yeah, all over the room. I'd like to do this. Would you stand with me as we pray? And I have one more thing to end the service, but let's pray. Ask God to move with his spirit. Father, you saw those hands and I'm sure many others that God would have rose their hand, but just didn't. Father, would they be drawn to your light? Would they just for a moment feel how significant they are to you. They may feel like they're just a blip on the screen, a number in a crowd. Father, with you, through your spirit, would you show them that you came for them, for them specifically. 2,000 years ago, you sent your son not just to be 
a picturesque manger scene on a postcard, but God, you sent your son to be born into suffering. To die for those like me and like all of us that even though undeserving needed grace and got eternal life through you and we thank you for it. We love you, God. Thank you for your son. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God a hand today for all he's done? Our hosts are going to come forward. This is uh, my favorite part of our tradition. Every year at Hamilton Hills, we do uh, Silent Night by Candlelight. And so uh, if you see someone uh, approaching you with a lighter, uh, don't get your cigarette out. It's for your candle. And uh, uh, after you're done, Pastor Randall's going to come up and he'll give you some instructions of what to do with your candle and when to blow it out. But I love this time of year. I love uh, Silent Night. And can we do this as we sing together? Can we just, in our minds and our hearts, go back 2,000 years where God sent his son and it came unexpectedly in the middle of the night as, as children often do <laughs> at the most unexpected time. And would you worship our Christ and our Jesus tonight as we sing Silent Night. <laughs>